0: FaithFit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin. A program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts.
1: Well, hello, welcome to Ex Nihilo, your weekly podcast. This is your lovely host, Father Martin. And your co-host, Steve Bucklin. Welcome, welcome indeed. Well, dear friends, uh, today we marked a special occasion because it is the return of our sidekick, Wee hat. He's back from his exams. <laughs> and he still has a bad attitude. He I does. Was, I was
0: <laughs> back last week, to be fair. <laughs> Were you back last week? You are with us with Father Jonathan? Yep. Oh. Oh, well, he we just played w- very <laughs> quietly in the background, <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Well, now we've got you mic'd up, so we, we hope you can give us something... Uh, something useful this week.
1: (laughs) Well, dear friends, I just want to share with you a a few thoughts today on a very remarkable event coming up this week. It is the March for Life that will take place in Washington, D.C. And basically, we want to focus on three different areas of uh, this topic, the history of the march, and the second is uh, the conflict between the value of life and the value of freedom. And how we so easily misunderstand them. And the third part is involving you. What can you do? What can you do to stand up for your faith? What can you do to stand up for the sanctity and dignity of human life? And so... Get up, stand up, stand up for your life. Yeah. Oh, my god. Bob goodness. Marley had it. <laughs> Steve is in the mood. <laughs> well, shall we cover a little bit of a topic, uh, a history so of tell the March? us,
0: Yeah, tell us about the March for Life. So when did people start marching?
1: Well, before talking about the march itself, maybe we want to go to the background story because it all started in June of nineteen sixty-nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman by the name Norma McCorvey, I want to say. Norma McCorvey, that's right. Yep, yep. yep. She w- discovered that she was pregnant with her third child, and she wanted to commit an abortion. So she went back to her hometown in Dallas, Texas. But unfortunately well, I don't know if unfortunately is the the right word, but the law of Texas then does not did not permit abortion unless it is a case of incest or rape. Right. And so this woman claimed make a false claim that she was raped. But the fact that it was she wasn't and um and so the the case was dismissed. She was not able to do that. Um somehow she was referred to these two um Lawyers Linda Coffey and Sarah Weddington, who actually sued the U.S. District Court uh, for the Northern District of Texas uh, for this case, and uh, the defendant was Dallas County District Attorney Henry Wade. Hmm, now you know where we might be going. Uh huh. The case of Roe versus Wade. So Norma was Roe. Yes, the case was under the the alias uh, of Jane Roe. Jane Roe, like Doe, but with an R. Yep, yep. And so in 1972, actually in 1970, the case was brought up before the Supreme Court. And in 1972, the court issued a decision, which I found very interesting, because the base of this case was... Uh, They they say that the decision, the law in Texas, is a violation of the Constitution rights of the Ninth Amendment, which talk about the interference of the state and personal freedom. Right. But when the Supreme Court issued the decision, it was not based on the Ninth Amendment. It was based on the Fourteenth Amendment, apparently. Hmm. And it talk about right to privacy. I did have a little bit of difficulty understanding it's that. legalese. It's like math, but harder. <laughs> if it was math, I would have excel in it. Exactly. Well,
0: it's funny because um, when you... So many times with with trials and law, uh, what the question that you're asking or the... Or, um, and this seems to happen more often um, with the Supreme Court, probably just because we hear more about it because of the publicity, but what the question that they're asking for this is a seemingly innocuous question and but then it's the knock-on effect right so does everyone have a right to privacy and you'd be like well yeah of course we do and then but how far does that right extend right?
1: right and and somehow the court interpret the the amendment so broad that it covers uh in enough to encompass a woman's decision to terminate a pregnancy um which i find very it is a stretching of the law i would say but Obviously, it, isn't, it is in my humble opinion. But in in reaction, in response to this decision, uh, on January 22nd of 1974, a woman by the name Nellie Gray organized a march in hope of rallying enough support to overturn the decision. And the first march itself had about 20,000 people participating. Wow. But in 2013, do you know how many people actually joined the march? Uh, WECAT, how many people? 1.5 million. Really? Oh, well, when did you get that fact? I just guessed. Oh, you just guessed. No, a little less than that. But it was still an impressive number. 650,000 people wow. joining the march. That's great. But you know what's really sad, though? That's it. Well, That's only 650,000 people. Yeah, but we received so little media coverage on this matter
0: well it's just not popular
1: i mean you know that's i mean at the at the end of the
0: day it's um it's like so many other things everybody kind of has their opinions and where and their thoughts about things um so if you have a preponderance of people who don't think that this is an issue or disagree with the notion of the right right to life then it just simply won't get covered but One of the beauties and one of the amazing things about the world we live in today versus certainly 1974, even five or six years ago, is the proliferation of of social media and other media outlets. You know, we don't consume our news um, the way traditionally it it was. So like when I was growing up, you had three TV stations. You had ABC, NBC, CBS, Mm -hmm. and the paper. And so most people got their news from the paper or the evening news. Um, but now you have, what, 25 different news channels. You have certainly with the Internet and the web so many different news outlets. And then when you throw in the glom of social media on top of that, um, it just depends now on where you look for your news, I guess.
1: Sure, and it also shows the uh, the ability of the, the media to manipulate facts, though. Right. Because they, they can choose to show you what they want you to know.
0: That's right. And... It's and like then, the NFL game with the, a stadium that has, like, it's a 50,000-seat stadium with 10,000 people. They show you just the 10,000 people and never the empty seats. So you always think, <laughs> the stadium is packed. It's amazing. It's like, no. No, it really isn't. And what team was were playing, Steve? Uh, well, it wasn't the Redskins. So I,
1: Was uh, it a Cowboys? It, no,
0: never in an empty stadium. I think it must have been, like, uh, the Houston Texans and the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> <Hawkins>. The Browns. <laughs> it was probably, like, the Browns versus... Uh, who else was, prepared, who was spectacularly bad? This, the 49ers. It was the Browns
1: and the 49ers. Please note this is <laughs> In the mediocre personal Bowl. opinion. Please do not go <laughs> after Father Martin if you are fans of those <laughs> teams <laughs> that he mentioned. <laughs> uh, that's right. So you, You'll you get better, I'm sure. Uh, the, the 49ers just hired a new coach. So, But, but mm-hmm. as a Catholic and as someone who came here from a communist country, I was amazed. I was amazed of the ability for us to gather together for something... So remarkable! Six hundred and fifty thousand people gathering to march for the same purpose to express the belief that in the sanctity and the value and the dignity of human life. I find that to be very special, because yeah. if any a small protest took place in Vietnam, that that protest will be crushed, crushed, crushed by the local police by the government. It's unbelievable. So. There is something so beautiful about the freedom to express one's belief in this country. Now, that leads to the next question, though: freedom and life. Right. There seem to be like a huge issues, especially I, I find it in in the political system of the U.S. Is that if you you have to choose pro-life or pro-pro-choice? Well. Uh, you know, I think without because
0: we're gonna. I, I'm, I'm a, I can see us heading down this political road, which is just gonna be a quagmire. Um, and I think that when when you're talking about the March for Life and the Right to Life, um, you know, I don't think everyone gathers to march for media coverage right. for one thing. Sure. I think that when you when you commit yourself, hopefully, you're committing yourself because you want to. You know, make some sort of a, a statement, a tangible sign that you're standing up for something you believe is intrinsically valuable and precious, right? Which we would all agree life is. So the irony is um, is that without the right to life, all of the people who are um, against life or kind of pro-abortion wouldn't be alive, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, so I think you're, where you're coming in is that um, you, you either are for life or you're against it. That when you... You, when you just strip out all of the um, the window dressing, all of the excuses, all of the different situations, the fundamental question, the high level um, root of the problem is: is you are either you are either uh, an advocate for mm-hmm. life, or you aren't. Right. 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 And that, and then that has to cover. In order for it to to be uh, a, an authentic belief, it has to play out through all the different scenarios. So would be would include capital punishment and euthanasia, but you know most specifically, even at the beginning, the right for um, a child to be born.
1: Well, because the child cannot defend. Exactly. And I remember one time I was asked on the same topic and I said, you know, because the question is, why can I do whatever I want to do with my body? Mm -hmm. And each and every single one of us has freedom. God has given a gift that is not violatable. It's freedom. Right. You can choose. However, your (laughs) choice cannot affect another life. That's right. Especially when that life cannot defend itself. Right. So when a woman says that I can do whatever I want with my body, well, that's her choice. Fine. But when that choice inflicts suffering, inflict death on another human being, then it's not acceptable. That's where I stand. Yes,
0: absolutely. Well, I mean, you're you're super close to um, to doctor philosophy, and we come in with the whole freedom from, freedom for argument, which will take <laughs> you back to seminary. But but it but. But it is. But I think it's important to kind of think about it in that context, which is that um, just because, you know, what is freedom? Mm-hmm. So does that mean I'm free to do whatever I want or am I or, or am I free from things that are bad impacting me? You know, I mean, if you're if you're I guess if you're going to drive it all the way back to kind of if we think about this in the context of the right for life and the march for life. Mm hmm when you know when does life begin and the church teaches us that life begins at the moment of conception Conception, right right? so when mom dad and god all come together to create life that that that's that's the instance it's Mm -hmm. not and what do we call it it's not a fetus right it's not we're going to give it some scientific name no it's a baby it's a child from the moment it's conceived Mm -hmm. and i think You know, a lot of studies, and when when you look at it, science has advanced so far in this field now. Mm -hmm. Right, we know there's a heartbeat after 14 days. Right, we know so much more than we ever did in the 1970s um, about these things, and because you can see it. Now it's just like, oh, well, you'd sit and, I mean, I grew up in the 70s. And, you know, well, we sat there in, in public school and you were taught that, you know, well, it's a fetus and it's this. And then it doesn't become a baby until it's born. You know, somehow magically it becomes something else. And um, but now you can see it now with ultrasounds and everything else. It's Absolutely. like, boom, you know, from the first moment, you, you know, someone would be aware that they're pregnant. There's there's a beating heart inside of them
1: right now g- life itself is a gift but i i want to go back a little more because when we refer to god we refer to him as the creator but the ability to create he give even to man and woman right because when they come together they brought about life that, with him he's not he doesn't completely cut himself out of the that process. is true because he infused a soul right but we get to participate in that ability to create and that is itself a huge gift Yes, um, and a responsibility. Right, well, everything comes with a responsibility. Freedom itself, a huge gift. responsibility. Yep, freedom without responsibilities is just recklessness. I, I would say it's chaos. Really, ooh, <laughs> that's deep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we cats on the floor.
1: We floored him. No, he just, he's just. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Just being a typical teenager, yeah. (laughs)
0: uh, But so let's let's kind of get back. I know we we got a little tangential, but but the March for Life, it's all these people coming together to stand up. So why do you think there aren't? I mean, now it's there isn't just a March for Life, for Mm. instance. So when you first told me about we were going to discuss today, I'm like, didn't the March for Life, you know, just happen? And they just have a March for Life. And now they're March for Life. The, we think about the main marches in Washington, D.C. Right. But there are marches that happen all over the country now, right?
1: Correct, correct. Because just last week, last weekend was, Saint was, Augustine, right? was the March for Life in St. Augustine. Which will be two weeks ago when this comes out, just so you know. <laughs> right. We, we have no concept of time. Time, right. <laughs> uh, but yes, eventually this movement is kicking up. I mean, and a lot of these smaller dioceses. They're joining the efforts because, in the local levels, a lot of the people are not able to travel to to DC, and even the the the, the capital itself cannot accommodate that many people. Right, and so in the more local levels, I, I know for a certain that our province in the Diocese of St Augustine, mm-hmm. every year they have a, a march for life, and and it drew a huge. Um, attendance as well, right? And the interesting thing is, harkening back to a
0: podcast from a couple of weeks ago, it's not just Catholics who participate in the march. Oh, life. There are many, many other Christians um, all coming together and holding to that ideal um, of Christ's, you know, teaching about the preciousness of life. So you don't just you don't have to be just a Catholic Christian. You know, all Christians, faithful Christians. Sure.
1: And and we can we can debate it from several uh, different standpoints: political, morals. Whatever. But on a more personal note, though, because uh, maybe some of you probably recall, I was a chaplain at a, a nationwide children's hospital, a children's hospital where I was privileged to see so many parents every day fighting in every possible means to to save their child's life. Yeah. And you see the beauty of it. Sometimes they spend so much effort, energy, and money, just so that their child can have one more day, right? Uh, and so, sometimes it makes me sad when, when a life, a little baby, is just referred to something so um, In callous, the right? Just so like callous. a thing, it's yeah, object, it's thing, objectified, a fetus. No, no, that that's a life. That that life has a soul, a personality, a heartbeat. So w- when you wanna distance yourself from what makes you uncomfortable? Then you just label it with something so impersonal. But have you ever tried to hold the hand of a newborn baby? Yes. Have you ever? Seven s- times. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> it. Oh, I forgot whom I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> did Aether, did did we cat have a, a firm grip? He did. He had a great grip. So. <laughs> but but just just connect yourself to something so personal, like hold a baby feel the warmth feel the heartbeat look witness a smile that's the beauty of a human life Uh, and sometimes it makes me very sad to see i don't know that side it being lost you know i
0: you just made me think about the openness to love i think that you openness to love goes hand in hand with love for life Mm -hmm. that you know you recognize it and you see that the beauty that God brings into the world, not just mountains and trees and other things, but the beauty of life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, I think, most beautifully represented in infants and small children because, you know, but you have to have love in you. If you don't have love in you, if you're not, if you can't be open and receptive to love, then the whole, the, the touch or the look or the feel of the newborn baby, it just, there's no place for it to go.
1: Well, I, I might get some backlash for this, but. It my, won't stop him. My mother and I were puzzled sometimes because she's coming from a third world country where pets are just pets, you know? Oh, animals yes. are animals. Oh, boy. Here but, we go. I know, but, but she one time she was telling me that if she was. If you own a shocked. dog, plug your ears. She was shocked when when, like, sometimes some of these animals are treated so much better than than people
0: yes yeah yeah I mean who hasn't seen a dog being pushed around in a baby carriage many (laughs) times
1: Uh, like she was shocked how much it 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 cost you to have a pet yeah whereas you know you get complained all the time how expensive babies are
0: Right. Well, I mean, you know, we we just, I mean, at our house, all the kids wore the same three
1: pieces of clothes, so it was pretty cheap bringing them up. (laughs) But, you know, I I love dogs, I love animals, but sometimes we lose sight of the the scale of values. Right. Yeah. And and human life is always at the top of the ladder because nothing is more valuable in God's eyes than a human life. Right. Why and why? Because we are created in the image and likeness of God. We are God's children. And there's a godlike character in every single one of us. That's make us so special.
0: <laughs> you said
1: it. I said it. I, I said it. But
0: in this case it's okay. 'Cause mm-hmm. special special plays. So but I you know, if particularly now when we think about what what would be takeaways, what would be you know, you were talking about things that you can do, but um if you if you struggle with this issue, um and if, you, if you're if you kind of like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-life except for kind of these three circumstances. If the notion of this kind of cut and dry and you'd say, well, Steve, you're crazy. It's not just, sorry, I just kicked you. It would not just, it's not just cut and dry. You know, you're oversimplifying it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to prey on that. Sure. Um,
1: and no, obviously life is complex and every single circumstance is different. Yep. And obviously there's no such thing as one size fits, fits all uh, kind of morality. At the same time, but there we, are foundational. Truth. There is foundational truth, and sometimes we do need to wrestle with these moral issues. Because once we stop wrestling, then I think we become too too callous to everything. Yeah, well, you A can't conscience. understand.
0: I mean, the, the hard, the worst part that can happen is when we we decide that we're we're so pro life that we can't we we lose compassion, um, and we lose the ability to be open to the people who don't share our values or don't or aren't agreeing with us right so how do i how do i then go treat that person well you know there's uh, jane smith if your name's jane smith you know forgive him <laughs> forgive me uh you know is down the street and you know she's got the uh, abortion bumper sticker on her car and she goes to church every sunday and i just don't know how she can go to church on sunday uh being pro-abortion what kind of faith does jane smith have Right, this happens a lot oh, in the sure. real world. Right, <laughs> somebody <laughs> dropped that question in, a, in an earlier podcast of "Can you be pro-choice and be a good Catholic?" I
1: believe that would so- be his passive-aggressive <laughs> way of reminding me that I brought up a difficult question in the last minutes three minutes to go. Uh, but how do
0: you deal with the Jane Smiths of the world? Right, so so as a Catholic, I, I can't I can't just cut Jane. Uh, well, you know, Jane's got the a pro-abortion bumper sticker. That's it. I'm done with her. That's sure. not. That's what? not what Christ. Christ didn't. He came to call sinners. He didn't. Can't come to call the healthy,
1: right? Absolutely. And the basic question is JWWJD. What would Jesus do? Right. Simple as that. How did he treat all these sinners? Read the gospel again. Right. All these despicable sinners. And it's not that he turned condoned. his back on the truth.
0: It's not that he condoned the behavior. But what he tried to do was
1: to explain and open their hearts to his way. Sure. And, as a priest, and my brother priest, can really attest to this, we were privileged to sometimes get to talk to people who have committed abortions before right and and see the the distraught the 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 yep. pain, the guilt that these unfortunate women and men carry all their lives because whether you want to admit it or not, when you harm a human life, it plays a heavy burden. A, a tear your soul, wound in your heart, right. and you carry it with you. And so, in a sense, don't be so quick to judge a person's action without seeing beyond you have to pray for the conversion i mean interesting i mean i don't you know
0: if you're going to get to this i might be stealing your thunder but norma now is as uh the row from roe v wade is is a very staunch pro-life advocate and she's catholic she and she's catholic yep, she converted. converted
1: to catholic church so i was going to mention that he did steal sorry the thunder. thunder stolen <laughs> <laughs> but conversion conversion uh is a real possibility yeah but Um, if there weren't people praying for her Mm -hmm.
0: I I have to believe that you know even in 1974 with the the 20,000 people who marched then that there were people who were praying for her conversion that there were people who were who were praying for her to be open to to life and to God's love
1: right and to the other extreme you're pro-choice if you are pro-abortions don't be so quick to dismiss all these uh, things that we discussed either Mm-mm. because uh, once again once your conscience stop wrestling it's a slumber it that's a conscience asleep or even worse a conscience is dead right no exactly. continue to wrestle because maybe and no one dismissing your belief you have the right to believe what you believe however don't be quick to dismiss other people's understanding other people's belief as well because as where we stand, the dignity and the sanctity of human life is above any other values. Without life, I mean,
0: and it seems so obvious. It seems so obvious, but people don't, they don't process it that way. But if you weren't alive, none of this would matter. Like, there's, there's no
1: freedom for choice without life. Did I, did I tell you that when my mom was pregnant with me, we, we were so poor, and someone actually advised her to abort me? That
0: would have been a tragedy. I'd be sitting here talking to myself. That'd yep. be weird. And
1: had 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 my mom taken that choice, then perhaps the, there won't be a lovely co-host speaking in the, in, <laughs> to the the microphone right now. Well, we thank God that she didn't. So uh, and uh, so, that's another the evil of uh, this thing though, because you terminate a potential something sure. so great, and you don't know. You never know what
0: somebody's going to become. Sure. You know, I mean, the, one thing that that happens. I think we have a couple minutes left, but you hear more and more about these people who are doing genetic testing. So we can do genetic testing on the fetus. Um, I, I just wanted to bring this up, um, where we can they can determine. You know, when the, when the, the it's, it's fetal testing, but the baby, right? That you have two months into gestation or two months along, they can tell if there's going to be something wrong with your baby when it's born, and so. You know, then they're encouraging parents to terminate pregnancies early. Well, do you really want to bear the burden of having a handicapped child for your whole life? And I'm and my my thinking, you know, it's just like what you said. You don't know. You really you know? don't. Just yeah. because some guy is is telling you that something could be in a particular, you don't know what God has planned for that person. And maybe they are handicapped. Maybe they are, you know, may, but maybe through the care that you give to that child, mm-hmm. through the relationship. That you find Christ in them and God has so many paths to him that it's I don't know when we're gonna stop trying to determine what the right path is
1: and and really what <laughs> what give you the right to determine if a person is of value or not a handicapped person does not mean that he or she has no values that's right yep so just to wrap even up, we cat has value I highly doubt it. But anyway, <laughs> to wrap things up, I just want to suggest a few practical things. Yes. For those of you who are able, I highly encourage you to join this remarkable event in DC. It it really is a life-changing event um to witness something so tremendous. But if you're not able to to go to DC uh, that particular day on the march is the day that the bishops call us to to offer penances to pray for the conversion uh, of those who who do not deem human life is of value. So perhaps you can consider offering something very simple, abstain from meat, uh, fast from a meal, do something charitable, but offer up all these little sacrifices for the cause for life, for, for the conversion of those who have done this tragic evil and Finally, a great shout out to our marchers. We thank you for amen the, we thank you for the witness that you give us standing up for life um the original na- name of this podcast Steve named it uh the the saints go marching in actually <laughs> and you are you are the saints of this modern day because you stand in witness to the truth and God bless you um enjoy the time in d c and stand up for what you believe because this is a beautiful right that you enjoy in this great nation. Amen. Pray for life. All right. Have a blessed week and may God bless you. Amen.
0: Faithfit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.